You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Just take one hit. Don't you want to be cool? <laughs> Gather round everyone. Do? The show's about to begin. Turn on, tune in, drop out, this show's amazing It's Super Lemon Haze, you know them boys always blazing Put one in the air, fill your glass and get to raisin Kirkman praising, school flag waving Chopping up the topics is the choking us chronic Scott and Eric breaking it down like 21st century profits Eyes glazed and minds days, it's knowledge they convey Roll up and consume the Super Lemon Haze Super 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 Lemon Haze Haze. Going to ask you several questions. Lemon Haze. How do you feel? I feel like a like a slice of butter melting on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 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 uh that intro still gets me. I don't know. I, I like on it. that one. I worked on that one for a long time, and um, you know, we ran we ran it through the first like thirty episodes, and you know, even though it's down, I'm down one one co-host. Scott's still mentioned in that intro. I still think it's fire, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it as long as I can. I gotta say, uh, I when it's on the menu, I always get the super lemon haze now. Oh I yeah, you've influenced you've influenced me, man. Like, <laughs> I love the lemon haze. I love it. What do you like about it? I just it? had it like, like it? last time I went to my guy. Yeah. What do you what do you like about it? I like the lemon. <laughs> the, the I also get this tangerine, the tangerine mints. Yeah, like I just, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Um I'm actually I'm packing a bowl right now. Um uh, I know you had uh, a chance to smoke something before we started the show, but I have not, so I'm gonna I'm trying to catch up a little bit. I also have some some brown stuff. <laughs> trying to catch up a little bit with with my household and then you know just something to wash it down with very nice um, i got i have water <laughs> that's good <laughs> i'm gonna have to hydrate plenty after this but you know, i walk dogs all day so it's like yeah if it's not coffee it's water <laughs> how's how's that business going for you is that it's been that good well? it's starting yeah. to get a little slower actually which i'm kind of freaking out like because it hasn't yeah. been slow in like two and a half it's like COVID hit us hard in the beginning and then it just came roaring back and it's just been yeah. like a, but it's, this is, is our it, dead season. We didn't have a dead season I was gonna last say. year. Summertime, it's kind of slows down a little bit for your regular walk, walks and, but last year it didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Once the vaccines came out, everyone went crazy for travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Do you do boarding too or are you just, you just doing walking? We do a little bit. You know, it's it's just two of us, and you know what? Sometimes, like my girlfriend right now is out; she's dog sitting at yeah. uh, someone's house, and gotcha. I could actually board a dog here, but we only do like one family at a time. But no one's boarding right now with us, so yeah. And right. we're very kind of selective; like you know, we don't want our yeah. house ruined, and so yeah. yeah, we do a little bit of that. And we we charge um, top dollar too, so <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're in that right community, I guess, right? People people can. Yeah. I mean, people when they when they want to work with someone they trust, that's I mean, they're willing to pay top dollar, right? Exactly. And there's a lot of dog owners. <laughs> yeah. And word gets around, so yeah. Yeah. We, we got just, we got great customers. I have a you know, both of us have a lot of good customers. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
that's great. I mean, you obviously need uh, healthy, good customers aside from, you know, otherwise you'd just be, I guess, dealing with, with bullshit all the time. So exactly. We just adopted our, our second pup. So I feel like I'm a dog walker these days. <laughs> I'm just, Oh yeah. I, I mean, that's one, how it started for me. It's being a pet owner and doing rescue too. Like, you know, uh, we used to be foster parents too, like oh, nice. foster dogs or rescues and stuff get them prepared for the outside world and we started doing behavioral stuff and i would never consider myself an animal trainer or anything like that but i've learned a lot i've worked with a lot of animal trainers actually too so you pick up stuff and it's just amazing i love animals so that's how it started for me being a dog owner i'm in the uh animal care business that's my main business i also do the young jerks obviously yeah uh, as my hobby and uh long time hobby is really long term hobby is like activism and writing yeah. and doing shows like yeah, i haven't been, been writing much lately uh you mean on the on the um was a substack is that i have a substack now but like for years i was known through dick boston like i wrote oh, for yeah, them yeah, yeah. a weekly print yeah. publication every single week for like 5 years yeah. like all yeah. through the decrim medical legal all that stuff yeah. and even before that i had like a blog yeah, um, but I have a Substack now, like I, yeah, like yeah. you said. But I don't write much for it. I just write when there's something that really, yeah, gets me, or if I have more time, if I feel the, you know, someday I might not walk so many dogs, and I might write more <laughs> again. Right. Um, but I feel like I could do it through the shows. That's what I, I, I found like, you know, what I, my kind of goal was. It's easier for us to do our journalism and expose things through the Young Jerk show, and yeah. if it's like gets enough traction then other journalists write it up and that's yep. what we've been doing a lot like over the last year on yep. the show which is exciting. yeah you've been killing it you've been killing it lately uh i kind of like the new mic you know so um I, I you know i took a little bit of break from from the twitter and from and from doing this for for quite a while and then when i came back on i was like dude mike's mike's on fire he's killing it you you know i guess um you know for me i think you always have had such a tremendous voice in the community, but I feel like at least from all the things that I listened to in the first year or two that we were kind of getting to know each other, it was, it was very agreeable. You know, there really wasn't a lot of tension. It didn't seem to me also like there was a lot of um, pressure on maybe some of the guests, but like now you're, you're on it. You're you're covering like some really intense topics. Um, You know, I know you, you recently had the, the commissioner on from the cannabis control commission, uh, Shannon O'Brien, that was a phenomenal interview. Um, you know, you didn't throw a lot of softball questions. It was, it was challenging. You asked her a lot of. You, you think because people people have criticized me and said that I totally oh. mailed that in. It was so easy on her, and I think I was pretty easy too because I have you know honestly developed a relationship with her. Yeah. And I and I do uh, like value her. Like yeah. Unlike so, the other commissioners that have come right. before her, and and like she's the only one that. Yeah calls us about this issue that we're talking about a lot which yeah. is the worker issue and she calls us all the time so i, I mean i, I mean, think i think there's um i think there's a little bit of a balance there right so you're 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 a huge voice for the massachusetts community of cannabis um you want access um you want to ask questions and i feel like almost you know initially you have to be it's like a dance right you can't just you can't just yeah. go in with a heavy hitting questions, right? And be like, otherwise I think the person and that guest might never show up again. So I think you have to kind of massage it in. And and I I, I don't think you was a I don't think you you went easy on her. I think for me, I think you were just kind of getting um 
you know, not getting to know her because clearly I think it seems like you have some time with her outside of the show. But I think I think, you know, you're going to have to figure out, you know, when when to ask the, the right questions. And I feel personally you gave you gave it um, you gave her a chance to speak. You know, it wasn't like yes or no questions like you gave her an opportunity to, to respond. And, you know, really, that was up to her. You know, she could have went in any direction. I think, you know, as a as a as a political person, I think she has to carefully, you know, speak um you know what she or you know at least th be very forward thinking she's got to think what she's going to say first but i think inevitably it was very um i don't know i liked it i enjoyed it so well thank you i think inevitably what it, what it comes down to is you're gonna have to have her on again oh yeah and, and, and i think she'll definitely yeah she'll yeah come on again i i gotta say too when you've complimented me so much today i i'm glad that you're back like huge yeah. like i was pushing you to be back like that's kind of like think how this interview happened is i was like i'll come on the show if you come back yeah like i'll do a show with you like, like come back and and like part of me too like i think i've been wrong at times and i think with a lot of the stuff that was going on the tension and i saw what you were going through you yeah. were right on all that shit, man and i was wrong like in a lot of respects so like give me an example know, um i don't even want to get into it because i don't want to say know? their names <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but I remember yeah, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. bringing up that dude's name and just being like, yeah. and you know, just kind of the direction things were going too. Like, you were yeah. right in a lot of respects. Like, you know, not yeah. that I don't want to dwell on it or you know, but yeah, I just want to say like I I'm mean, glad you're back and thanks. and keep your head. Like, you were you call shit kind of right in the beginning. Like, I don't agree with everything that you post and say. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe I'm wrong again. Like, so like you know, like right. I and I have respect for like you know what you were doing too and like even how you continued with your show like yeah. there was i know you had issues even with kirk and that show and like i even bashed on yeah. you over that and but you've come yeah. back like you you continue to do the grow shows which i like like and that's what i like i'm thinking i want eric on my show to give me advice on growing because now i'm growing and i need more help you and ed de like you're my guys i love what you you're know, doing the with the grows Thank you. Um, you know, the funny thing is about growing now is that, I mean, I, I, I'm in the grow room as we speak. I, I could, you know, give you a little bit of a tour later on, but, um, you know, I've completely transformed um, this space and inevitably I think I kind of transformed the hobby. You know, it, initially it was really more uh, for content. Like that was kind of where I was going. You know, I, I was, I was new to, to growing and uh, as a lot of people were, you know, in the last couple of years, as as it's sort of become legal and and a little bit more mainstream, like people come to my house and they know that I do it. There's not like a a huge like <gasps> you know thing going on. Um, and then you know I I, I kept going uh, in in a direction that where I was trying to perfect the time and the energy that it took. And inevitably, you know, I have a pretty good automated system, and I'm growing some fucking fire cannabis. Like I really I really want to hook you up because you know I. I feel today that like, you know, I mean, I've only been doing this three years. And so by no means am I like a professional or, or even close to like a good grower. I'm basically just doing the best that I can. And each time that I'm growing, I know that I'm getting better and better just because the feedback that I'm receiving. Um, so that's basically what I got in the pipe right now. So I have um, I have I had just harvested uh, six plants. Two of them were AK-47. I've, I've grown that before, but four of them were star dogs. So star dog is a new strain to me. Um, I'm actually trying to, um, change a little bit away from, I was doing a lot of the hazes, um, you know, a lot of the sativa heavy hybrids. And I think, you know, I wanted just to get a sense of where, what I was missing. And I think that's the great thing about growing and, 
um, and cultivating, you know, some of these plants is that, you know, you can get such a wide variety of, of the terpenes and the um, cannabinoids if you just grow, you know, over the spectrum. So I was, you know, just doing a little research and you have to be careful about where you buy the seeds online only because sometimes you can just get some, some shitty, shitty genetics. Um, so the places that I've been getting my seeds from have, have really produced for me. So for someone who has as, as little experience as I do, I haven't, I haven't killed any of them, you know, so I've come yeah. close, but they've all bounced back and inevitably, you know, again, I'm not growing, I'm not trying to grow for, uh, for sale. I'm just basically just growing for myself and then some of my friends. Um, so anyway, I'm going to smoke this real quick and then we're going to get into this. I'm doing the same thing for the first time now too. I'm growing a few plants outdoors. I started late. They're small, but I got four of them and, uh, you know, yeah, I'll get something. I will get something out of them. It won't be the best, but it's like year one. Next year, I'm starting early. Like it's, I'm looking forward to doing that next year too. Got you know, good little setup now. Um, where did you where did you get your seeds from? Where did, did I get, get what? From or are they clones? Um, uh, the seeds. I had a bunch of seeds. Number one, like it's so funny because like I I wish I kept the ones I used to keep. I I freaked out one like way back when. It was still illegal, and I thought the cops were at the door. The cops were at the door, but they weren't at the door for yeah. us. <laughs> so I, like, dumped gotcha. them down the toilet. Oh, I'm so mad. But yeah. I have, like, a lot of those old seeds you just find. You know what I mean? Collect out of yeah. bags for years. So I have yeah. some of those. Um, yeah. But I also have, like, a bunch of, actually, a Stardog cross from a while back. This guy oh, gave nice. me a shitload of them. But they, yeah. didn't, I've had trouble popping them. Like, I've heard that feedback yeah. on them, too. So I, I, I thought I got one. But it doesn't yeah. seem like it's coming out. But I, I got you... uh, this other Elmo lobster that was a free giveaway from in, in, uh, for an activist, Kyle Correo, who passed yeah. away. He was a military guy, great activist. And his friends made this Sorry free strain. That. They passed yeah. out. I'm growing that. That one oh, is like nice. kicking butt. He's a friend of mine. So yeah. that's kind of uh, exciting. It's like lobster he... and Elmo or something like that. Uh, did he pass um, surprisingly, you're saying? Or was it? Was it um, an accident? How I I'm go? pretty sure it wasn't. Uh, I don't know how to say it because yeah. I don't yeah. you know if it's really been. It, it's yeah. sad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's one of the, like you know one of the tragedies we see a lot. Like the reason we do cannabis is to try to keep yeah. people off stuff and. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of there's a lot of like strange. I think you even commented on it. There's a lot of strange. Um cannabis in the news lately a lot of negative press right there was something regarding pregnant women and you know birth defects and things like that um and then what was the one you commented on there was i, I think that was malika marshall was pushing that one yeah. she's a doctor she's like a yeah. big tv doctor in boston she's like on one of these boston okay. i don't know channel four i think or maybe i don't know channel five i don't know which one she's one she's one of the tv doctors on the local yeah. news and for years, she's been anti-cannabis. She was so yeah. anti-cannabis that she campaigned against every one of our initiatives. Oh so that's the impartial person they have pushing propaganda on local news still. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's kind of, Which, I just laugh. I'm like, Malika Marshall, you still have the anti-cannabis yeah. script. Unbelievable. I'm going to look her up. What news station is she on? Does she, is she on video? It's either or four she or just... five or, or yeah, yeah. F either four or five, like uh, either cvb or uh wb you know the channel yeah. four whatever that is i'll try to i'll try to youtube her um yeah malika marshall and, and malika right. i think is with a k i think it's m-a-l-i-k-a -A, malika marshall yeah 
Yeah. But that's so that's like ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes there should be anti-cannabis stories. Like I, I think on the labor front. Yeah. Like right. the way that the, the, the worker issue, like there is a danger. I, yeah. I'm convinced of it at this point from hearing from so many workers yeah, there is a labor issue and a risk uh, that people can. Are we, get are we talking about the part the, the particles again? Um, yeah, and the, the I think also like allergies or something. Like there's something yeah. going on. We don't even know I, what it is. Like yeah, that's a I thing. Really, like it drives me crazy. Is it particle count? Is yeah. it an allergy? Is it uh, something in the cannabis? Like you know some kind of pesticide? Like there's like different schools of thought, and we don't yeah. know. And the science yeah. isn't really being done to find out. So. You I know, just know that there's an issue and it's getting some people sick at these places. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting point that you make. And, you know, because I, I smoke and grow primarily 90% of my, of my own cannabis, but, you know, occasionally if I'm in between harvests, I like to just go to any dispensary, you know, I usually go to your Maine or, um, any of the Massachusetts stores and just to kind of check out what they're selling and what the butt is. And it's funny how it always looks so different than mine. And and I'm not saying like it's completely crystallized, but it's like denser, it's harder. It's more like, you know, one of those like moon rock type things. Like it's, it's interesting drier. that that's flower. Yeah. It's drier. It's um, what I so don't I, want. It's exactly yeah. what you don't want. It's like, right. it's just you know, mostly what you don't want. Like I, when I go to Maine, it's like Maine's yeah. much closer to what you're growing. Like it's probably this, still not there in some respects because it's still commercially, but it's, it's much closer. Yeah. Like, this I is, can tell. Oh, can you see this? No, I can't. Looks this like is, this yeah, is yeah. kind of like the. Uh, no, I've seen Might your pictures. Some, some internet things. Your, your, on, your cannabis looks really nice. <laughs> like as a home grower, yeah. you're, you're kicking well, butt, man, I, and you're teaching people. I like it. Yeah. Um, so let's I like talk how about some of the, trying the different stories. stuff too. That's what I'm. Yeah. What you mean the strains? Yeah. 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 Well, it's just like if you were a wine connoisseur, you know, you would you would go and try different bottles of wine, right? Even if you're into just reds, there's a hundred thousand, you know, different varieties of 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 reds out there. So for me, I'm, I mean, I'm at least what I'm trying to do at least is just try to stick to this one um, online vendor that I'm using to buy the seeds because if anything, I only have maybe two harvests per year. You know, I'm, I'm, it takes me about six months to grow six to eight plants and then harvest them and then cure them and then smoke them. So with that being said, I don't have a lot of time to, to fuck around. If like, if seeds are bad seeds or if they don't pop or um, if the yields are so low or if the plants are so weak that it just, you know, they ended up just suffering. Like, I guess for me, you know, genetics doesn't matter for, for a grower who only has so much space. I mean, I, I don't have a large canopy here and I can only grow six to eight plants. There's nothing more than I can grow which is why I do love the benefit of the outdoor in the summertime, because even though I was just harvesting six, I stole four, um, you know, outdoors. So that'll sort of carry me over. But you've had a couple interesting stories recently, and you mentioned um, a little bit, or you touched on it with, with the health issues for the workers. So tell me, tell me about um, at least the, the Lauren um, story that's, that's, you know, been in the news as of, of the last few months. Which story? Uh, the, the worker who died. Oh yeah, uh, um, Lorna McMurray. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, basically, she was 27 years old. Uh, worked at True Leaf in Holyoke. Um, had a respiratory issue where she collapsed at work and was taken out by ambulance. Um, and then Christmas came, and uh, you know, and she, 
like a lot of workers at this place and like a lot of workers that we've heard from she was one of those folks that started working there and never had any respiratory issues yeah. until she started working there and she wasn't feeling well and it was obvious and they were putting her in conditions where it's very enclosed you're talking small like a smaller room than i'm in right now my room's not that big here you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and there's like 10 15 people and they've got particles everywhere you know they're grinding and, cannabis um so, truly truly is a public public traded company correct correct so it's one this of the, the large one of the largest cannabis yeah this is one of the top two cannabis companies in the world basically yeah based in florida they were started by a woman uh ceo um she's married to a politically connected guy who's right now in federal jail for corruption and bribery Mm. So this is the type of players you're dealing with. They're connected to yeah. Ron DeSantis. They're also connected to the top Democrats in, in Florida. So like they own the mm. state, both sides of the party. Yeah. That's true leaf. Um, and they basically came to Massachusetts and this worker collapsed for Christmas. They gave her cannabis flower. She was a lifelong cannabis user and she couldn't smoke it because her lungs were so bad because of the breathing issues. So it was like, like a torturous Christmas gift to give someone who had just wow. collapsed. Mm -hmm. And then she collapsed again at work and died. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, we've been all over it. Her family so, called in, got a lot of our friends and family involved, her co-workers. And we're still covering the story. And, yeah. you know, there's been so, so what's much the, revealed. What's the, what's the latest? Um, I mean, I know well, The latest had, is truly and, yeah. Massachusetts. We, we finally got something <laughs> is that they have yeah. been driven out of Massachusetts. Their reputation is so bad. They've cut bait. And uh, they're out of Massachusetts, but there was supposed to be a big scientific, you know, investigation uh, with the federal government with this NIOSH, which is like OSHA, but the scientists of the mm -hmm. federal government were supposed to do a study on the workplace to determine if there were issues there uh, and what the issues were. And that's been canceled. And that's curious. It seemed like Trulief was just like, we're out of here this month. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and the study was just starting, like the study was just about to start like next month. You know what I mean? we were all talking about it we had uh, a lot of union activity and worker activity danny carson who's you know formed a workers group a bunch of workers with mass kosh we have a workers movement going on right now and they like even had like a uh, food truck outside of true leaf like mm -hmm. for the employees to give them information about how to organize how to be involved in this in this scientific federal government study that was coming in and all of a sudden they just shut it down so that's mm -hmm. kind of the story on that. But at the same time, you know, we had so much stories and press that were out there from the Boston yeah. Globe to High Times to Leafly. Leafly did a huge Wait, major. I, uh, Mike, before expo. before you move on to that. So can I ask you another question about that? So yeah. do you um, do you think then or do you know if there's any other legal um, you know, ways that you can approach them? Or since they left the state now, it's kind of like up in the arms and that's kind of what on the Lana McMurray thing. Like, yeah exactly yeah well there's several things that are going on number one is that the mom is suing mm -hmm. so we know that laura we know the law firm i don't know why like it we haven't heard more news about that recently i think this yeah. would be the time we'd start hearing info on it but mm -hmm. who knows i i know that you know several months ago they were investigating they were talking to people they were they had like investigators and like you know it's funny because we talk about the difference, the workers like Danny Carson and other workers that we speak to, the difference between the law suit lawyers who are suing Trulief, the mm -hmm. 
the thoroughness of the of their investigation versus the CCC, who doesn't follow up, who doesn't seem to care, who plays like, and they still have an open event. That's the other thing that's funny about this. True Leaf is now leaving the state of Massachusetts. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And the Mass CCC still has, and it's been like, what, almost two years now since Lorna died. They still have an open investigation, not even from Lorna's date of death, but before Lorna. So, like, we think that the, and we don't even know, like, we think the investigation started when Lorna collapsed the first time. Mm. We know that it started before she had collapsed on, you know, the, the date that she finally passed was was that so, one of the questions you asked uh commissioner o'brien when she was on the show why the investigation um hasn't been opened or at least um i think we might have talked this? about it a little bit yeah you know, i mean she she, they, she can only say so much or even know so much like it's so it's weird how this whole yeah. commission has been run i yeah. feel like even the commissioners like even her like you know i think she's i, I think she's actually taken a lot of heat because she's tried to ask questions and find like go with accountability Mm -hmm. like if you know if you saw what happened right after we started exposing all this shit yeah one of the first ccc meetings that they had shannon o'brien brought out the executive director who i really think is the one who he should be out of there i i want to see that guy go sean collins sean collins sean collins he's the executive director he's a former political aide yeah, uh, he's been there the longest. He's the, longest. the one who runs the show. These yeah. commissioners have come and gone. It's been a revolving door. Yeah, most all five of the commissioners are really brand new. If you look at it, you, you, you know. So <clears throat> here you go. You got this guy, and she, you know, brought him out and said, "You got to answer some questions in public." Yeah, and I think it kind of saved his ass actually. And that's what I like about O'Brien. O'Brien's like, "No, no, no, no. You got to do this in public. You, you know what I mean? You got to. Yeah. You can't be hiding shit." Yeah. Can't be ignoring shit. Like that's the way I feel like O'Brien. She's run the US, you know, the uh the Massachusetts State Treasury. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was a state senator, state rep. She's been doing this shit for years. She's not afraid to talk to people, to address concerns, to get shit done, to make sure things are done right. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if you look into her history too, like Massachusetts, the lottery state lottery was always kind of a hackerama. And she didn't have those kind of scandals that the other guys had that they all got kicked out basically if you look back so who so, brought um who called who brought commissioner o'brien in how did she become the the commissioner of the cannabis control the, 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 this is interesting the, and this is where like even i was kind of laughing at it but like it was a treasurer a female treasurer so like you have a female treasurer putting another female treasurer in there that's who it was it was yeah. you know by statute that seat was the treasurer decided gotcha so deborah goldberg okay and are they close, Deborah? And I'm guessing they must be. Yeah. I'm sure they are. I mean, <laughs> right. the, the first two probably, uh, I guess, Massachusetts treasurers, right? I mean, I gotta think yeah. they are close. Yeah. So truly, and she took a lot of heat. You know, O'Brien took heat yeah. for that, and I even gave her yeah. heat for that in the beginning. Like you know, but I don't. I'm not gonna grill her over that. I and mean, some people probably would have liked me to, but she yeah. already took all the heat for that. Like you know, she was on WCVB answering those questions. I feel like so. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I'm not going after her for that, especially. And I think she makes a good point. Like when I, you know, I, I have brought that up to her, you know, in private or heard from her on it. And she's basically like, you know, of course, like a treasurer, you know, knows that someone who can do that job is probably qualified yeah. for this other job. I trust them. So sometimes the bias might be good. 
I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Um, you need to get that. No, I think it's a listener calling out my show or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like it's like he thinks he's like I'm live on my. I don't know. Oh no. Do we want to bring somebody in? <laughs> no, no, I can no. Post a link. No, no. Is it this? It's a guy who calls in my show every time I'm live. Oh. So I think. Uh, yeah. I got you. <laughs> Um, and so there's some other fraud cases that you've been um, putting on your show as well. And one of them was about the testing. You mind sharing some of that information? Oh, yeah. I mean, this testing issue has been another issue. Of just on so many levels, it's screwed up. If you look at cannabis in Massachusetts, there's legal adult use cannabis being sold on weed, weed maps and Leafly and, and their, you know, their websites advertising that you know flour has 50 percent plus thc in it well we all know that's false false but they're allowed to inflate it yeah they're allowed to inflate it because the mass cannabis control commission and and one person sean collins has interpreted the law in a ridiculous way and isn't going by what the massachusetts uh, uh medical you know dph program did in the past and it, mm. we exposed that on our show and it wasn't really you know myself exposing it it was some of the testing company folks mm. and so in, you know in, in, independent yeah. testing independent testing folks or people that are connected um yes. to the state yeah no independent. independent testing um pro verde labs the chris hadula came on he was the main you know main guy on this but we also have you know jeff rawson who's He's a scientist, a nonprofit. He's basically consumer based. Mm-hmm. And he's been like, you know, going to the CCC trying to get information on testing too, because they all know that there's an issue on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like they don't want to do anything. They don't, they, they've interpreted the law in a weird way and, and with loopholes yeah. to say you can inflate and you can bullshit it. And yeah. some of these that- companies don't want to do that. So the testing companies that don't want to yeah. do that, no one uses them, which sucks because they're the truthful ones. Yeah. So so it's bullshit. And then right. beyond that, we also exposed another truly fraud. Wait, before you get on that one, I just, I just want to ask you uh, a question about it. So is the is the inflation of the THC percentage is that like a safety concern or is it just like false advertising? Like what's what's the what's the angle? It's everything. There? It's a fraudulent because it's like. It's it's deceiving the consumer number one, number one. And, and number two it's confusing because mm-hmm. nobody knows how like if if you don't know how that was calculated mm-hmm. that number is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like you, it's a, think then, compared to apples think, to oranges. Right. So do you like think you consumers go to um, a dispensary and look for, or at least a, a part of the decision is is THC percentage because they're thinking yeah. A, yeah. A, a greater high which is stupid high. anyway i mean right. this is ridiculous anyways yeah it should be more about the flavor the terpenes the freshness yeah. all that uh, who grew it you were where yeah. it was the top or bottom i mean that's the stuff i care about but right. for some reason thc percentage sells and yeah. people are using it that way and especially when it's 50 percent, and they're using it to the yeah. dumb people who are like yeah. you know whatever but still it does there there are a lot of dumb people i guess out there but yeah. you know again it's fraudulent well, uneducated. though uneducated. It hurts. yeah yeah it's uneducated but it also hurts business. Like I hear from a lot of the smaller businesses, whether they're growers, mm. they're like, it's incentivizing me to go to shady testing companies. I don't yeah. want to go to them. I want to use this guy right. who I know is legit. I right. want to put out the real number, but my shit only says 20%. Yeah. Where these other guys have 50%. Yeah. 
And my shit's like a micro grow. That's Ed yep. D'Souza. This is the River Run Gardens. That's what I'm smoking. The only adult use I smoke in Mass. Yeah, where's, I trust River, those River, guys. where's where's River Run? I've heard of that before. Newburyport. Newburyport. Okay, maybe I'll drive. So up there so tomorrow. like you know those guys only test like twenty percent because they're going legit yeah. labs. Like it's not fair. And so some of the even retailers and stores will say, well, we can't give you your due value on yeah. that because it's only testing twenty percent. That's what they're up against. Yeah. So in the labs, it's like Proverdi has to either cheat like everyone else. And bullshit and inflate, or they're not going to get the business from the dispensaries. Right, and, and then it and gets so, even worse than that. Like no where, one's evaluate this dispensaries for fraud. Go ahead. So uh, aside from the dispensaries, who evaluates um, the quality of the labs? So is there is there is that part of the CCC or is there a government agency that I mean because that can't just be uh, an independent person, right? Is does the government regulate that? Well, see, I think there are accreditations and things at certain levels. I don't even get into all that on the show. Yeah. I'm not a, you know, sure about that, so I don't want to speak on it. But yeah. there is somebody at the CCC, the Cannabis Control Commission, who is in charge of the testing program. Hmm. And that person used to work for a testing company. Who, who's that person? Uh, oh, shit, I forgot his name. But I can tell okay. you where he used to work. He used to work at a company called okay. Steep Hill. Okay. And we, we said his name on the show, too. Uh, he used to work at Steep Hill. You could look up his name. But okay. he used to work at Steep Hill, and he used to test product for True Leaf. And oh. True Leaf used to test product at a couple of companies like MCR Labs and some other companies, but they didn't like the test, so they all of a sudden switched over to these two other companies. One was Steep Hill Labs, and the other was this other company. Um, oh, I forget the name of that, the, them, too, but it's all it's all over the video if you watch the video. Yeah, something analytics. Um, that company, there, the person that was testing the product was married to the head cultivator at Truly. You're kidding. So the law says that if if you work at a cannabis dispensary and you're licensed, you have the badge. Even if you're just a fifteen dollar an hour grower, you can't be a family member of someone that works at a test company, mm. which I think is crazy. I mean, that's how yeah. can you? Yeah, that's the law. Right. They went well beyond it. They didn't just break no. the law. They they yeah. did fraud. That's fraud. Yeah. You can't have the husband and wife right. testing each other's product at two different companies. Yeah. So the the gentleman that you were mentioning, the person that works for the CCC, is he the one that's supposed to be um, basically looking at that information and just making yeah. sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Doesn't seem like he's doing so, a great job. If I married. guess so. I mean, you know what? Like I put up that show. I shared it with. You know, everybody, I haven't heard from anybody at the CCC on it. Nobody. One person, one person. I'm not going to say um, who, but you could probably guess. But what was, and so what was the feedback from Commissioner O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> I told everyone to listen to it. That's pretty much what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, you know. So that's, so the testing piece then is, is again, it's just going to be brushed under the rug and we're just going to keep. Well, I think and... that they're starting to look at it. I mean, they've already had yeah. a subcommittee going on it. Yeah. But it just like, I don't know, man, like everything takes so long. And when they do something, it's the wrong thing. And almost every friggin' time. Yeah. It's like they're worried about the wrong things all the time. 
um, do you watch any of the CCC broadcasts anymore? I feel like there's there's a, 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 there may have been a meeting today. I think that may have been yeah, on there the was agenda. yeah, yeah, yeah today yesterday yeah yeah. Do you watch any? Of I didn't even live watch anymore? it. Yeah, I do sometimes, but like it's just it's dry. Know, sometimes I just can't. Sometimes I'll watch it a day later. I'll see if there's something on it I need to see, but unless they're yeah. really talking about the issues I care about, like you know, yeah. So number like one, I know there's stuff going on. There's going to be social consumption going on right now, which yeah, is good. Social consumption, and they're going to be looking at the, the testing. They're looking at the equity the, thing. I think was on there. Yeah, equity, which I think there's an issue, and they're also looking at like shelving. You know, the 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 slotting fees, the shelving fees that they're doing, dispensaries are doing now. Hmm. Um, and equity is it, just a joke. yeah. I was going to say let's talk, let's, let's talk about that real quick. I mean, that was the majority. Thirty of the interviews uh, or people that I spoke with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know damn that was joke. actually you know reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is a joke about it? That doesn't do go far enough. That's simple things that we could how, be doing. I mean, how, 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 even far does it, how far does it? It's all about capitalism. 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 Right. Capitalism. Like we're going to enrich ten or fifteen people of the right skin color and call that a win. Like that's that's what's going on here. Like folks that already probably already have like they're probably on second base. Let's put it that way. Maybe third base. You know what I mean? Like economically, I'm talking economics. I'm not talking about what they've been through because of this. You know, because I have sympathy for people, and I think that we, I think we just could do so much more with it. Like even the way it's set up in terms of like you know, oh, social impact. It's like. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Like social impact. How yeah. about like social impacts? Like let's start looking at some social impacts. Like we don't give out free cannabis to people who are poor. Yeah. Like none of these corporations are encouraged. They're not allowed. It's not not in the plans. There's no nothing in the plans to give free what medicine was, to patients. There's nothing the, there. The like what about recent, that? What about no taxation for um, people who have been arrested for cannabis? You want to help the most people. Like, let's do real social equity, social equity that helps like hundreds of thousands of people instead of like 20 people. Uh, Mike, can you hear me real quick? Yeah, I can hear you. Mike, can you hear me? I'm sorry. There was a freeze. I can hear you. Um, what, wasn't there a recent um, about veterans? It was about um, maybe they don't have to they no longer have to pay for their annual membership right. fee. What, what was that? But again, what is that? 150 bucks? Yeah, yeah. Like, but it helps. It, be fucking, it makes it easier for them. It should be. It, I mean, that they, makes it easier, they, right? That's access. Yeah. But then the cost of cannabis. I mean, it would be nice if they didn't have to pay taxes or something like that, right? Is was that? I would love you that. Up? Like, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, right. you know, right now we have adult use. There's another bill too that I want to talk about. There's a few bills, but the the adult use bill. Like right now, like I have a medical card, right? But yeah. I'm limited on where I could purchase. I can go to Maine. I can get the best cannabis in the world up there, but I have to drive it back and that's illegal. I'll probably just do it anyways, but gas and time. Or I can go to a medical cannabis shop in Massachusetts and get ripped off pretty much shitty crap and only so many big, you know, big company options. Yep. Not as many as the adult use. Adult use has so many more options now in terms of who's growing and companies. Mm -hmm. But if I go in there, I have to pay a tax, even with yep. my card. Yeah. So why don't there's going to be a new uh, bill right now that gets rid of taxation 
on adult use shops if someone has a card. And I think that's a huge that's improvement. That's that what we huge. need right now. Yeah. Or you know, or if the, if they're not going to go for that, like I want tax-free cannabis for anyone who's ever been arrested for cannabis, mm -hmm. for anyone who served the country as a veteran, like you know, it should be like we should be doing that kind of social equity. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, for, for the consumer side, I think that makes, that makes total sense. Um, obviously we're talking about a very small percentage of the population that's, you know, not going to really make a dent into their profits. So it doesn't, right. I mean, again, I, and they're going to die off eventually too. It's like a one-time yeah. dividend to people and right. it's the people who actually suffered. Like, like you, you want to address root harm. They like, always hear about this root harm on people. Mm -hmm. And, and three to five times more black people were arrested than white people and racial profile. I know that happened, but there were a lot of like poor white people that were arrested too. And mm -hmm. a lot of the poor black people that were three to five more profiled and arrested aren't in a social equity program. And if they were, they got screwed. Yeah. They, they couldn't get through. They, they're, yeah. they're still waiting. They've spent five years. They're suing people to try to open and they're not open. Like, yeah. You know, or they got, or their partners stole the business. Like so much bad stuff that's happening to people. Yeah. That's and they it. talk about expungement, right? Expungement, like expungement yeah. solves it. It's like yeah. my, I don't need expungement now. I think that's mm -hmm. my arrest. I think already fell off the record. Mm -hmm. What, what, when I got arrested way back in the day, it cost me a career that was like, you know, the next job I was going to get was like $300,000. Mm -hmm. And I went to unemployable mm -hmm. over one cannabis, one gram of weed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how much, like, I probably lost a million dollars. Like, yeah. honestly, that's like, so how do they repay that? And there's like, yeah. my story is nothing compared to a lot of folks, like going to jail, losing your kid, all that shit. Yeah. So like, so can I ask you, so what you so say, what happened there? So you were, you were basically interviewing for another job or you had something. No, I had a job. I, oh, okay. I was well employed at a company making good money, uh, but I was underpaid. Like basically if I went, <clears throat> basically I was at a place making like a hundred G's. If I was managing the amount of money I was at any of the other competitors, I would have been making three to 500 G's mm -hmm. at that time. And so I was at the point where the competitor wanted me and my boss left to another competitor. He wanted me. The guy who replaced him left to another company and he want. I had a bidding war for me, but because of licensing, because I had just been arrested, they didn't know. I couldn't take any of those jobs. I would have been getting mm -hmm. paid. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it's that's, that that's the you know way of the world sometimes. But yeah. Um, so, you know, people trying to get into the cannabis cannabis space um, in terms of equity. So, I mean, I think recently they were trying to also alter some of the H. What is it? The what is the HCA is? Is that what it's called? HRA? What's the what's the term for the um, host community host agreements? Agreement. Yes. Yeah, host HCA. community agreement. HCAs. Um, where, you know, those necessarily don't, those HCAs can also limit the participation, correct? Correct. Um, um, and they're trying, I mean, do they, they also don't have to abide by some of the same rules that the state has, um, voted on. Is that, is that also correct? On the HCAs? Uh, yeah. Like in terms of like, you know, priority periods or, um, like they don't like, uh, local towns don't have to necessarily abide by some of those. Um, I could be completely wrong, but I thought that was part of the case where they're maybe right now trying to change some of those situations where HCA. I think they're to trying work. to incentivize them because the city of town doesn't have to do anything that the state wants, basically. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like the yeah. state, just because they've given you preferential treatment and the licensing, 
you the big part of getting through is getting the city of town to agree to it. and that includes a host community agreement and that's like the biggest hurdle so you know i'd love to just see them get rid of those community agreements i'd love to see them look at the state of maine the medical program up there and say how do they do this how do they get three thousand small businesses to open before the big cannabis opened and screwed everything up because in massachusetts to be it's all screwed up with big cannabis we don't have the three thousand local caregivers we need three thousand guys like you eric that can turn around and sell their product to patients mm -hmm. or the dispensaries themselves you know and get it tested and get it you know what i mean like you yeah. should have like almost no like the way the main does it you can get licensed in 30 days to six months at the max mm. massachusetts five to six years yeah and you and have how to much pay for the rent difference? The yeah. yeah i was gonna say the difference in, in money. all the so bills you have to pay for that five to six years it's just like you have to be yeah. very very rich even if you're right. small time so, so main it's not Maine, like that in maine do you also have to like procure a retail space while you're applying for the license then or do you just you can just Depends have what kind of license if right. you're just a small grower you may not even have to get licensed and when you get to a certain level you can work your way up yeah you can start as a small grower in your house get to a certain level you get another license you go to another level then you get a retail then yeah. you might get you know what i mean like you might get a manufacturing like you add them on and it's yeah, yeah. much simpler and there's still a ton of approval and stuff and things sometimes depending on but it just it's much easier they should yeah. look at me is there um is there any chance that they could reverse the damage that they've done in the last you know several years? i don't think i think they have to admit there's an issue yeah who in power in massachusetts admitted that there's an issue yeah the only one so far i've seen is like senator michael moore even O'Brien, to a degree, I think it's kind of, you know. What does Michael Moore say? O'Brien wants to fix it. O'Brien's yeah. positive. I like O'Brien. I, I don't doubt her will. That's why I'm like, you know, and and uh, her knack for getting things done, you know. But I think it's like a formidable thing to try to overcome. This commission is really screwed up. But yeah. there's a, yeah, there's a state rep or state senator, Michael Moore, who has a bill. There's a few bills, another bill. Uh, he wants yeah. to do oversight of the cannabis control commission set up like oh. an auditor and basically like so like those guys those scientists that want the information on the testing for the metric program they could easily get it through them instead mm -hmm. of getting oh we don't know how to do it we don't want to do it we're not going to do it from the ccc in silence basically the, the ccc that, is set up like a little fiefdom everyone has their <laughs> little gang within the ccc and they all fight yeah. each other like yeah. they have mediation against each other and that's why nothing gets done and that's like yeah. it's all ego trips it's like lord of the flies over there so i mean how do you sean o'brien is at the top right. sean uh whatever his name is yeah sorry is there is there term, term limits for his position or no he's there he's the executive so. director unless they fire him uh what the commissioners have to fire him or this i or guess so about... i don't know yeah. if he can be fired by them i don't know how that even works yeah that's so interesting yeah um, but you know i would not be surprised if he does leave like you know i think he's probably been a state employee for a while now because i know he's a state aide mm -hmm. so who knows he's probably just like counting the days like you know when's that full pension vesting of the state right. that i can get the hell out of here and go work you know in some bank or something no he'll probably just end up being the next like shailene title right <laughs> he'll just he'll just <laughs> 
he'll just connect to another corporation. Oh, I don't think company. so. I don't think he wants to be a Shali title. No? No. Don't what, you what think do you... he wants something more than that? Um, Possibly. You're right. Yeah. Shalene um, basically turned down everything, I think. I mean, I know people don't like her. I know you probably don't like her. You've gone up against her. And I'm not saying you're wrong because, hey, man, you're right about other shit. Maybe you're right about this. But I, I think Shalene's like a, a true believer in what she does. And what, you know? what is she what is she doing? What what is she social equity? In? Social equity. So and had... you know, opposing to big tobacco too and, and big alcohol and kind of pointing out what what the next scams are gonna be. What what makes you um what makes you so sure that she that's what she that's that she's that that's what she believes in? I mean, I'm just thinking about like her record, at least from the cannabis Com- control commission. Are you, are you there? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm sorry. My my computer is doing this funky thing. That's um, working. Sorry about that. Um, shit, lost my train of thought. So um, you were asking, oh, like, what makes yeah. me think from her, you know, track yeah, just, record? Exactly. I would say, like, you know, just from knowing her back when we were fighting for legalization before it was on the ballot, there was a secret battle. Every time we did an initiative, right? There would be this group from out of state who would come in. We knew who they were. And they would start calling us locals because they had money and they were going to put something on the ballot and they wanted our support, right? Wait, who's who's this group? Uh, it was called the Massachusetts, no, not the Massachusetts, the Marijuana Policy Project, Rob Campia, who was funded by the MPP, uh, was funded by a progressive insurance guy and Sometimes George Soros, actually, but Soros mostly didn't do it as much, you know, towards the the, boom, the one that we got to legal anyways. But it's this guy, Rob Campia from MPP. He used to be with Normal. He started out with Normal. He got in a beef with them and he stole their mailing list. And that's how he started. He started calling their big donors and got like big donors bigger than Normal. Mm. And he started to hang out with like Bill Maher and uh, the Hugh, Hugh Hefner. And Rob Campy ended up going down in a sex scandal. He's now affiliated with this other guy, uh, a politician. And I think they're backed by Big Tobacco, really. And I think that Rob Campy thought when he made it, the legalization initiatives that he passed in all these states, when he made them a certain way, that the money would go to his organization, the MPP, so that these, uh, you know, companies, when they got licensed, they would fund him. Can I just stop you for a second? Isn't that essentially what a lot of these um, people who have some political background working for these um, nonprofits are doing? I mean, isn't. Well, that's why I I think they kind of replaced them. It's funny because I think the scheme was for Rob Campion, MPP, who were kind of sleazy. They were kind of just sleazy. They did fundraisers at Playboy Mansion. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. And Rob had sex scandals. And Rob went down on the sex scandals and they got really gross. Like some of the stuff you read about, like the stuff he did to like his people that worked at the organization. It's just Mm -hmm. like, no. So Rob is out. And I think that, you know, the social equity kind of replaced that and took over. And, but you know, when we were trying to get the initiative on Rob Campia didn't want homegrown, no homegrown. We would, you and I would not be growing plants right now. If Rob Campia Mm -hmm. got his way, we found out some of us and we started, you know, like we did, 
same thing on the medical. The same thing happened with the medical. It was actually a different group because Robin got kicked out at that point, mm -hmm. but it was his people. <laughs> it's weird. They took over after Rob got kicked out and then Rob took over again when he came back from the scandal. So it happened twice. And we basically, you know, Shalene backed us. Shalene and, and the other guy, uh, Chris Crane, they were some of the people who said, you know what? You're screwed. If you don't do the home grow, we're walking with, you know, Bill Downing and Mike Cross, you know, all the activist yeah. patients. And so we're not going to take this. And so they they did the six to 12 plants and they didn't want to do that. So that's why I kind of have initial trust on her. Yeah. So, um, can I ask you, so who's Chris Crane? You mentioned you mentioned Chris, mentioned Crane. Chris Crane. He's the guy yeah. who used to be with Students for Sensible Drug Policy way back. And uh, he became what do you call it? Forefront advisors mm -hmm. who were basically the consultants to a lot of these dispensaries when they were trying to open. And a lot of them, you know, didn't pay. So they would offer them equity in their companies. And eventually mm -hmm. they took over a big one and then they sold it off. And Chris Crane, I believe is pretty much out of the game now, but mm -hmm. probably made a lot of money. But you're saying he and Shailene title um, initially were doing work that you appreciated they were trying to provide some structure to this um you know to cannabis use and cannabis growing well so no i think that, originally that when i knew them they were activists like even before we did a, you know any of these initiatives they were around like shaleen started she was booking law enforcement against prohibition who were some of the earliest supporters of like you know cops that came out and said I busted people my whole life for 25 years as a state trooper in New Jersey, this guy, Jack Cole. And I'm totally decided, and I was undercover, and I realized I liked the people I was busting more than I liked the freaking cops that, you know. So he's like, the law is wrong, you know. So, like, he came out totally wants to legalize drugs. Shalene used to book, book, book Jack Cole all across the country because he's very popular. When you got a state trooper saying, I want to legalize weed and all drugs, he was very powerful. I mean, and mm -hmm. Jack Cole and the lot, they were real cops. Like, you know, they're not hippies. You know what I mean? Like, so she booked them. And that's how I knew Shalene way back. And mm -hmm. Chris Crane was students for sensible drug policy. They were like mm -hmm. a force. They were like one of the, they pretty much kicked off and they were like one of the largest student groups. We had a student group at Suffolk University. I used to do mass can. So we were working with a lot of these student groups locally. And he was the national organizer with them and like the president or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he smoked weed. Like, so when we would have parties, he would like, back then it was a much smaller scene. It wasn't dispensary people. There was no weed for sale. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like high times would come into town and, you know, we'd have our freedom rally and there'd be certain activists there and he would always be there. And I remember Chris Crane, when I, the, how I remember him, like the first moment I'm like, oh, that's Chris Crane. Like, I like this dude. As he taught us, like from all the normal, he used to go to the normal uh, parties. You know, they do normal things at D.C., like the conventions. He's like, you got to put the plastic thing on the smoke detectors because we're at like the Ritz Carlton. And we got like yeah. 100 people in the room smoking weed, blazing up like a fucking pile of weed on the table with like, nice. you know, all the high times people, normal oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's showing like, us how to like, <laughs> he's showing us how to put the, the plastic bags over the smoke detectors oh. so they don't go off. And so he, knew has, he knows how to party, Chris Crane. Yeah. So that's how I remembered him. But yeah, right. I mean. Obviously, you know, eventually he got into forefront and that's a different ballgame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's when he stopped being an activist, in my opinion. Yeah. 
And Shalene, I believe, was working for him for a short time as well as that that law firm. But yeah. the thing people like, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up and this is where I can't like she worked for those that law firm and she worked for Chris Crane or you know whatever at that point. But when she became a commissioner, she wrote down that she gave up everything. That she owned nothing in those. And I I believe her. Like I don't think that she's lying on that. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's where the it gets do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's where the, the other side loses me on, on the yeah. criticize of Shalene. It's yeah. like, you know what? Like you gotta prove it. If you could prove that she didn't give up ownership of that shit, or she even had ownership, I don't even think she had ownership in any of that stuff, honestly. Mm. I just think that she was, you know, I especially knowing what I know about the industry at this point, a lot of folks like that level of Shalene, they they got used. Let's yeah. be honest. You know what I mean? The white guys, the rich white guys still kept the money. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Like they and, and to find out how little they actually got. Like that's what even when social equity is supposed to work, it's still when you hear the stories where you hear like how I'm like, that's all you got? Are you shitting me? Yeah. Do you mean after after um a retail space is, is up and open, you mean? And yeah, and but even got... like the, the people that like I'll give you an example, like uh, my friend Kim Napoli, who who worked for New England Treatment Access, like folks like that. What happened with her? She she was like the the best thing ever at that place. I went to war against that place. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and how poorly they treated her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she. She's on a Shalene level, and you got her at New England yeah. Treatment Access being your front person. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's trying to do good shit. Like, I honestly yeah. believe, and I believe that with Shalene, too. I think that they have an opinion that they're doing good shit. Like they're shaking yeah. people down to try to get them to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes they're successful at it. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're naive. I don't think Kim Napoli is. Maybe Shalene is. I don't know. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not my place. But until someone really has evidence on it, I'm not gonna yeah. like call out someone like Shalene, who I've only seen good things from. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes right. she pisses me off. I think the whole social equity thing kind of pisses me off, though. I feel like it doesn't go far enough. Where yeah. where's social equity for workers? Where's social equity for all the people who were arrested? I want social equity for every person that was arrested, every person who lost a job, a child. You lost shit because you got arrested for weed. You should get something back. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what was so the, I feel the like most... social equity doesn't go far enough. Yeah. And it's been a failure. That's the way I feel. I feel it's too too narrow. Um. Who, so who's the who's the social social equity chair right now on the cannabis control commission? Was it Camargo? Who, is that who it is? Arise is that Camargo? person? Is that the person that replaced Shailene, or is there two, there's been two since? I forget. Uh, I I don't know. No, I think that yeah. is the person that maybe replace her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that's. I always keep keep my hair to the grindstone. I, I'm always looking looking and listening about this this equity piece. Um, I think also because just from the people that I spent the time with uh, on those couple of shows. You know, Mar and Chief and those people. I, I guess I've grown to really like them and appreciate kind of their. I, do too. I like them their, a lot. Their cause. I, like, yeah. I, them. I just have a disagreement on how far it goes. Like, yeah. and I don't, and I'm not just dis- discounting their voices at all. Like, like I said, I could be wrong. I was wrong on a lot of shit. 
Yeah. And I just don't feel like, but I feel like they have a real point on it. Like it hasn't worked and it has created negative clicks too. Like, like they're pointing out negative shit has come their way just because they have voice in their opinion. Yeah. That's not right. And I just don't feel like it's coming from Shalene, honestly. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are clicks in this though, which are negative. So who do you think it's and, coming from then? Well, in this example, you know, it's I think we we know exactly who was there that day, like for Mar, right? And for Chief, like for that incident. Who was at the Heinz Convention Center giving those guys and his wife a hard time? Yeah. It was like who, three who individuals. Who three, four individuals. Five individuals. What was the gang? Um, what was the program name that they're associated with? Big Hope Project. Yeah, big whole project. So, like, to me, what do you what do you, what do you know about those people? What's what's the what's the mission of the big whole project? Are they another well, just they, advocacy agency? They want to do social equity. They want to get money yeah. from dispensaries. That's their shape. Right. Like they're getting money yeah. from dispensaries, and it's like a feel good. The dispensary give them money, and they say, "Oh, we did a good thing." Yeah, put so me that's in your town. Yeah, and I think that's the kind of issue now. So we're starting to come down to like. Jeez, are we going to have social equity gangs fighting from little drops from the dispensary? I mean, that's yeah. kind of, that's not good. That's not the best way to do things. Yeah. So, Mike, if we were to, you know, put a map out there, what's, how do we get to the next level? I mean, what's smaller is better. Yeah. Touch more people. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I think the medical cannabis program in Maine does so well. They allow 3,000 people to be licensed almost immediately. And they're helping more patients at a cheaper price, better product, better service, better quality, closer to them. This is not what we want, and less traffic. Like I mean, everything that we want is that is right there, and more jobs, and better jobs, and people own their jobs, and people could start working and then own a job. You know what I mean? Like you can move up easily because when it's a caregiver service and there's only five or six employees, and the owner works with you every day. It, this isn't rocket science, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so we should be doing that on that level with business-wise. But you know, Massachusetts—they think it's plutonium that has to be highly regulated. Only rich people, only billionaires, know how to provide a safe weed. That's how, that's what they act like. It's like no, yeah. they're actually the ones you don't want touching. That's a publicly right. traded company. No, yeah. no, yeah. you want small organic growers, small farms, like five people. Like that's like what you're doing, Eric. If you yeah. could expand it a little bigger, you know what I mean? Like just be legal, you know, yeah. imagine if you could have a hundred plants and it was like no overhead, what yeah. you could do with that, how many yeah. people you could help and everybody I, was doing it and you were competing yeah. on quality. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and again, the taxation too, like we got to reduce the tax, but we got to be smart about it too. Like, like if we could do that medical card thing, I said, but I want to expand it even further. No taxation. If you've ever been arrested for cannabis. Like we can't write people checks. Like I know people want to do reparations. I'm down for reparations, but this is so easy to do. You don't pay it. You know, all you got to do is like, you know, you get qualified. The If they can do a Corey database, they can do a, 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 a no taxation database. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you've been arrested, come on. I think it's a great point. And I would love to see that happen. Um, what was the most recent interview you did? You did, you did a show with um, Spy Fox or something? What was, the, what was oh, that? Yeah. Oh, was my that, show? Yeah. That, yeah, was American that American Spy Fox. Did you watch that one? Yeah. 
I don't like, know, but I saw I saw it come across my feed. I, I got the notification, but I was like, what is this? Is Mike doing – you're kind of coming outside of your, your little bubble there. What was that about? I am. Well, you know, I've, I've done so many shows on True Leaf and Patience and, and especially Workers lately. Sometimes I just get like – like I can't do that all the time. I just need a break from yeah. it. Like I'm coming back on Sunday with a show with some workers again from True Leaf. But after True Leaf left, it was just kind of depressing, honestly, because like we had so much planned. And then it's just like, oh, man, they're out of here. We kind of won, but it's still like the workers got fired. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're coming back with it. But it's like I watch a lot of YouTube. Like, you know, like I have a lot of interests. My girlfriend, you know, does a music show. She's she, you know, been involved in with rock radio at WAF, and WBCN. She was a DJ. What's her name? Uh, Carmelita. And she did the local music show at AF for like 25, uh, maybe even longer. She did it forever, decades. It was just a Sunday night show playing local music. So R.I.P. W.A.F. Yeah. So she knew like every local band. Do you know what I mean? Like we, you know, seen them and known them. And I used to book a lot of music too, um, especially the Freedom Rally. I used to book a lot of the bands and shit. And we have friends who are musicians. And I've interviewed, like, I, you know, I love music, especially like, you know that 90s grunge music oh it's my like, favorite <laughs> like Kurt Cobain, put that in my veins <laughs> yeah Soundgarden. you know yeah those Earl are my Jam. favorite man those are those are my favorite bands and over the years i've had some like weird shit happen with courtney love mm. and um nirvana and just, what do you mean by weird weird shit happening what are you uh, about? Well, number one like i had a friend who had a, an incident with courtney love <laughs> where is she is she in california yeah, and then I had an incident with Courtney Love, and then someone who called in my show had an incident with Courtney. It's Wait, like, <laughs> what was your you know, incident? There's a lot with of Courtney. weird stuff like that, right? What's your incident with Courtney Love? Courtney Love actually, I'm gonna tell you how weird are. Yeah, she I actually she left her phone number on my blog. I used to have a blog, Mike Hand on that, and she said yeah. some crazy shit back in the day about Britney. Remember Free Britney? She was like first. Yeah. She had this conspiracy theory going, so I posted all about it. Yeah, and then she like commented and was like, "Call me." And left her phone number. Okay. Some crazy shit happened then. Did you call her? Yeah, of course. But she got mad at me. And then she blasted <laughs> me on social media. And I never oh, talked no. to her. Oh, like, that no. was it. I, I did ask a question. Yeah. Whoever is the phone. It wasn't Courtney. So uh, and so I've also interviewed over the years uh, this guy, Tom Grant, who basically was the, the private detective uh, that Courtney Love hired when Kurt Cobain went missing. He later uh, proved, basically, in my opinion, that Courtney Love probably had something to do with the death of Kurt mm. Cobain. Yeah. So she hired this private detective, and he basically got on tape this Rosemary Carroll, who was Courtney Love's attorney, on tape when Kurt was missing or right after he was missing. She basically said that uh, Courtney was getting, uh, you know, was getting upset because Kurt was going to divorce her, mm. and that Kurt Cobain was looking for a divorce attorney. And they found this all this shit. It's on yeah. records, and so like it seems like Tom Grant pretty much proves it, but it will never get reopened. Mm. And this guy, American Spy Fox, has been following up on it, and he's mm. amazing. He's got like fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube, and he's really he's like me. Like you know how I'm on the True Leaf, I just drip yeah. and I tell the stories. He yeah. does the same thing, and yeah. and I love it. Even if you don't believe in the Kurt Cobain thing. If yeah. you like like Dave Grohl or you like the Foo oh, Fighters, yeah. you like Nevada, you're gonna learn so much. Mm. And like that's what I like about it. Like he tells the stories. He tell 
and he reads all the books. So I had him all on right, the well, show the other night, and it was fun. Yeah, I'm gonna watch your show, and then I'll, and I'll check him out. His. American yeah, Spy Fox. Yeah, I'm gonna. So he he is just an he, is he an investigator or he is he? Well, that's the thing. In? He liked is yeah. awesome too because I like I've been watching him for so long. Yeah, and he you know he doesn't think he's the biggest thing in the world either. He's like, oh, yeah. 50, the people have billions. I'm like, dude, about fifty thousand for what you're doing is yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. And he's just an average guy. Yeah, he's just an average music fan, and he's into it, and he has like sense. Yeah, and like he just yeah. uh, interviewed Ian. Uh, what the hell's his name? Halperin. He's like the guy who wrote the biggest book about the Kurt Cobain death. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like, he's just like, this guy is really, he's just, it shows what you can do if you have an interest in something. Yeah, sure. And that's what I'm always about on this shit. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? This is what I always do. Like, when I do a show, like, if I'm doing something on patients or workers, it's because mm -hmm. I'm interested in it. And I have right. a passion, passion for it. Yeah. And the and Kurt Cobain thing's been haunting me forever because I love yeah. them. And I yeah. feel like he probably didn't commit suicide, man. There's something not yeah. right about that whole thing. Mm. And this guy's been doing a good job. And he doesn't go yeah. for like the cheap conspiracy theory Wait, stuff. So, He's, so what is he suspecting then that there was a murderer or or that he was just influenced to take his own life? Well, you'd have to ask him. But like, yeah. you know, I think he has a suspicion, but you can't really prove it 100%. Yeah. But he can look at like he can document that Courtney is a criminal. Yeah, that Courtney is violent, and she's been violent yeah. to a lot of people, and it could show kind of like the suspicions the pattern. And yeah. and I think the bigger thing is he wants it to re be reopened. Like his big mm -hmm. thing was that they ruled his death a suicide. Mm -hmm. If you look at all the facts, it should be inconclusive, if anything. Mm -hmm. So he he's trying to get it to be changed to inconclusive, you know, inconclusive mm -hmm. on the suicide. Yeah. But you know, again, a couple of years ago, just recently, actually, like a year or two ago the Seattle police department reopened it again because mm. there's been so much info that's come out, mm. but then they don't do anything. It's just yeah. PR that they're just trying mm. to spin it. And yeah. there's so much info on that case. And someone, you know, called in on the show that night and they were like, what about Chris Cornell? And mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what, dude, there's not, it's not the same. Like this yeah. Kurt Cobain, maybe Chris Cornell. I don't know. But if you have a tape from Courtney's lawyer, from, from the wife's lawyer, <laughs> Yeah. saying well, if you have the private detective hired by the wife's you know what i mean like yeah the person that yeah. hired all these people yeah like there's so much evidence is what i'm saying yeah. yeah and chris cornell i mean like yeah i i i follow some of his i mean he's got like one daughter who's in in music so yeah i, I do just because he was probably one of my favorite singers growing up and that was obviously devastating news but i don't know i guess you never know but his family seems very much missing him all the time i mean you exactly. can't fake you, you can't fake the love that they're showing out there on their social so and i don't think they've gone around beating people up over the years no like there's a, <laughs> no. Woman, a woman that came on my show who was a listener to the show her daughter's played on my show she's kind of famous yeah um and she's a like she's a friend of ours a famous musician and, or what do you say yeah somewhat yeah uh, famous for, also for being a friend of kurt Cobain and uh, okay. getting assaulted by courtney love yeah. because of that you know what i mean yeah and this is what Courtney did anyone that got any kind of shine or jealousy she yeah. would attack and beat up yeah. and there were a lot of instances that people are scared like they they're scared of Courtney love she yeah you know you, you just go Courtney love assault and you'll see the string of them right and she's she also now? like where, he's also documented other stuff did you know Courtney love you know brags about this that she used to she sold herself to the yakazuna like she she went into the white slavery trade do you know about that no okay no. she did it when she was younger 
And then she also sold other girls is what a lot of people speculate. That's another thing that American Spy Fox believes too. Human trafficking? That she yeah, was that she sends other girls over there to, to the Sultans and the Yakuza. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. That's so, I mean, I'm definitely going to check it out. That sounds, yeah. if anything, interesting, yeah. but also entertaining. And there was another death. You know about Kristen Paff's death? No. <laughs> Kristen Paff was the basis of uh, was the basis of uh, Hole. Who oh, was younger, yeah, yeah, cuter, yeah, yeah. more yes. talented than yes. Courtney. She yes. was also doing heroin. She was dating uh, the, the the other guy in the band, Eric. And yeah. then she was going to leave Hole. And she was also flirting with Kurt Cobain, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then her last trip after she did this little tour to collect all her stuff from Seattle and move back home, mm-hmm. she uh, ended up ODing in a bathtub. And her last person she saw was Eric from Hull. Who... So there's a lot of, like, he wow. covers all that shit. Like, it's just yeah. the dead bodies up in Seattle around yeah. the Kurt Cobain thing. Yeah. Wow. Courtney Love. She's the she's the head of the mafia. You know about Al Ducci, too, right? Al Ducci. There's another one. I don't know any of these names. I said, oh, you don't know, you haven't seen any of those no. movies. Man. Yeah, you gotta watch it. Al Ducci was a famous punk rock guitarist. Yeah. And like, you know, like I guess or whatever. I don't even know. Like he's some kind of like infamous guy, right? In, yeah, in a certain scene that's like really almost kind of violent. Like I I and they have it in this documentary that sold a lot. And they basically he's saying he's an alcoholic too, and he's and he's saying that Courtney Love came to him to offer him money. To kill Kurt Cobain. Oh man. Right before he died. And the documentary guy from like England comes in and he's like, I can't believe this. He goes and films the guy. And then like the next day, the guy gets run Dead. over by a train. Holy shit. <laughs> like that's the Kurt Cobain. Like I think right. that's in the Kurt and Courtney movie, the documentary. It sounds like the Jeffrey S. <laughs> Jeff, <Yeah>. Jeff Epstein. <laughs> and then Courtney's, this is the other thing. This is Hank Harrison. This is the book I bought. Hank okay. Harrison is Courtney Love's uh, father. Oh. He were, he was friends with all the Grateful Dead. He used to live with Phil Lesh. He's a character. He lies a lot, too. He's got a huge ego. He recently died. I talked to him on the phone for like two hours one night. America's, uh, you know, Fox, he's also talked to him quite a bit. And he, his whole book about? right here is, is Love, Love, Love Kills. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so the father says Courtney did it. <laughs> And this is a whole book about it and about Courtney when she was younger and how fucked up she was. And Courtney's mother said that Hank gave her acid when she was a young child and Hank denied it. Yeah. And and, uh, Courtney's mother is a famous writer. Like a feminist empowerment writer, you know? Yeah. Like an heir. Courtney Love was also rich from birth. Oh. This is all news to me. This is all fucking interesting shit. I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. And did you know that Courtney Love and Billy Corgan were together? Uh, I think I knew that. Yes. Yeah. So they, they, yeah. that was her boyfriend before Kurt, right. and her boyfriend after Kurt. Yeah. Something suspicious here. <laughs> who did for, uh, Courtney's first album? Kurt. Who did the second album? Billy. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the yeah. type of shit that. Yeah. All you right. Want to go down I, the want, I want. I want. I want. I want you to alternate your episodes now. I want it to be one on, more, on Massachusetts. More Courtney Love. <laughs> more Courtney Love. I want a whole series of Courtney Love. I, I would watch every minute of it and eat it up. <laughs> you got to check passion, out Mike. Man, He's you're passionate about this. Yeah. I love right. it. I, I I just follow him, you know? Like, yeah. he gives me my fill. All right. I'll interview him every six months on it. 
I'm gonna watch that right away. And 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 Mike, I, we're gonna end up uh, sort shortly ending here. But I just want to say thank you so much for uh, for coming on this on the show. I had a pleasure talking with you this whole time. So, um, and thanks for encouraging me to get out of retirement, basically. So I can't I can't say it was um, uh, you know something that I, I I missed coming on. So I'm really happy that you kind of pulled me back into this direction. So hope keep I keep doing going. it, man. Thanks, brother. I think you're good uh, at it. Yeah, you got a good thing going. Keep going. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike. I'm going to say peace, but let's do this again. Uh, keep up the good work. You're doing an amazing job. I love watching it. And um, keep it up, buddy. Thank you, Eric. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Right, bye.